Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 573. If you were talking, you are not learning. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bill Wallet. Bill, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Awesome. Great to have you here. Bill Wallet is the founder, co-chairman, and COO of the new Atlanta Concorde de Elegance taking place at the Chateau Elan Winery and Resort on October 8th and 9th of this fall. This inaugural event is sure to become one of the country's premier concours, where unique, rare, and valuable collections of vintage and classic automobiles will be displayed on the fairways of Chateau Elan. Don Panos is the honoree, and there will be numerous events and features during this two-day concours event. Bill's professional career includes being the CEO and founder of Blue Bridge Group Consulting, in Atlanta, Georgia, where they focus on developing and implementing strategic go-to-market strategies based on on accelerating market adoption and revenue. So, Bill, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, your passion for automobiles, and this new Concours in Atlanta? Be my pleasure. Thank you. I actually have a very long career, mostly um, in high tech, and uh, I kind of ended up in that by accident and have been a serial entrepreneur uh, for, boy, I guess the last 15, 20 years. And uh, during all of this, I've always loved cars. I've loved cars since I was a little kid. This actually uh, is, is kind of interesting to me because I got into computers not because I love them, but because I seem to be good at it. And uh, the cars is just the opposite. I <laughs> got into it based on the love for it. Mm-hmm. And we got involved uh, after uh, my partner, Harry Cricks, and I basically, uh, after talking about it for three years, we finally decided if we were going to do it, we needed to do it. And about a year and a half decided we would uh, go forward and create the Atlanta Concourse d'Elegance and have been uh, doing a lot to try and make that an outstanding event and trying to make sure our first year is uh, not at all what people would say is common. So we're trying to do a lot with it. 
Well, it's very exciting, and that's a huge trigger to pull to start your own Concours, especially at this level of what the Concours is going to be all about. And we're going to learn a lot more about this as we move through it. We're going to learn a lot more about you. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or some kind of mantra. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Bill, take the wheel. Happy to. Actually, for me, in my life, it goes back to a uh, technology company I worked for about 20, 25 years ago, and it was a startup that did incredibly well. And um, we had a culture where we kind of believed, we kind of said, we don't know what we can't do and we don't want to be told. (laughs) And the company was amazing. And I have kind of adopted that as a, a personal one. And um, love to basically take on new challenges and be creative. And to some extent, I don't know what I can't do, which is probably why I may have been foolish enough to decide I was going to create a concourse elegance. So, <laughs> you know, I love that. That's a classic entrepreneur approach to life and business. Is why not? Why can't I do that? Let me just give it a try and. Uh, certainly is a nice way to go through life, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And I think taking on the challenge of a concourse, so many people think, oh, a concourse, that sounds like a nice little fun venue. They have no idea what they're getting into. So or I do see how that mantra is perfect for the approach to this new concourse that you and your partner, Harry, who's going to be a guest on the show tomorrow here at Karsha, are tackling. Let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share what instigated your passion for cars. You talked about loving cars since you were a little boy. Would you tell us a pivotal moment as you remember it when you really realized that you were a car guy? Well, actually, it uh, when I first started noticing it was probably I was around six or seven years old. And uh, every time my family would drive anywhere, I was constantly naming the brands of all the cars that were on the road around us. And if I didn't know what they were, I would ask my father. And if he didn't know what they were, then I became the usual impatient kid going, well, why don't you know? And (laughs) what is it? But it became a game to me to know what all the cars were. And I just have had a love for um, cars. And to me, they're an art form and just have always loved them. But it was really at a very, very young age. You were probably one of those kids like I was that at night you could tell what the car was by its taillight shapes and its headlight shapes, whether they're stacked or side by side or those turn signals. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was always fun because the adults who weren't car people would go, how does he know that? (laughs) Yeah. How do you figure that one out? Very cool. Exactly. Well, Bill, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You're a serial entrepreneur, self-described. That means... You're used to a roller coaster in business, and I would love for you to share a huge challenge or even better, a big failure you faced. I want you to take us to that painful time, share that experience, but the most important part of this is how did you overcome it, and then what did you learn from it so you could carry forward? Well, I I would actually comment with you that I've been fairly lucky. Most of my failures, I would say, or the hard times have been on the personal side of my life, not so much the business. I've been fairly lucky in my career to be able to have quite a few successes and a lot of different challenges. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, I have started a number of companies. Probably the uh, the most interesting one for me is the one I'm on now, because having been in high tech for 40, 42 years, it was a market that I knew very, very well. So it was very comfortable starting it, whereas in this case, because I really brought the business side, and as you and I had talked a little bit before, my role as a COO is I really run the business of the Atlanta Concourse. Mm. So I brought to it a business view. Yep. And the, the one thing that I think was smart is had Harry not had the experiences he had having spent five years in different roles at Amelia Island Concourse, I would not have done this. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I at least appreciated I knew what I didn't know. <laughs> yes. Okay. And Bill Warner uh, from Amelia Island has been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, wonderful event. Of course, everyone knows about it. This business aspect of a concourse, I think a lot of people attending concourse don't realize there's so much involved, so much cost involved, so many people involved, either paid or volunteers. It really is like running a business, isn't it? Oh, it's like running a whole bunch of businesses. I try to tell people. If someone came up now that I've had experience doing this and said, I'll give you a choice. You can do another two-day concourse or you can run a three-ring circus. I'm going for the circus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the circus, you have three rings, and all you have to do is schedule what goes on in each of them. Right. A concourse is a series of events, each with their entire whole life to them, different people, as you said, the volunteers, the ticketing, the different pieces you have to put together with it. It is an amazing amount of work. Yeah, I can. I Well, I can't imagine because I've never done it, but um, I've been involved with some Concours events and certainly attended a lot of them. And sometimes I stand back and I mean, I'm just amazed that everything flows and works the way it is. And there's all these other pieces to it, like weather, People, people, the ego, the attendees, their car. I mean, there's just so many moving parts to this giant machine. Uh, kudos to you and Harry and the rest of the team that I'm sure you've created to make this event uh, so spectacular. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I would love for you to share a story where you had a career or an aha moment. Maybe it has to do with the Atlanta Concord Elegance, but a time when those headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new direction and new thought you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. The aha moment, and, and it's really quite relevant, came about with the Atlanta Concourse. Because, as I said a little earlier, Harry and I had been talking about this for three years. And we kept, you know, yep, yeah, maybe we'll do it. Well, we won't do it, you know. And we finally decided we were going to do it. And one of the things we did first is we happened to have a lunch with one of the collectors here in town. Uh, who was actually won't become one of our advisors. And we took him through a presentation we put together and we were thinking, ah, oh, this might not be a bad idea. And at the end of the presentation, he sat back and he, he had two comments. His first comment was, it's about damn time. <laughs> nice. Yes. And, <laughs> and we went, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> he said, we have needed one in Atlanta for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's about time because there are so many collectors and, and car people in Atlanta, 
And we're tired of packing our cars up and driving for hours yeah. and never being able to do it here. And we went, okay, so maybe maybe we might be on to something. Sure. And then it was really funny because his second comment was he said, now that I've said that, he said, you guys damn well better not screw it up. Oh, the pressure's on. <laughs> he said, my name is on that because I live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And when I take my cars to other shows, I don't want to have to be embarrassed. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So for us, this became a huge, for me, it was a big moment that said, wow, this is not a casual undertaking. Right. Yeah. And then the, the piece right after that was we had a meeting with, we just were hoping a first uh, kind of investor to help us. And we walked out with exactly with what we asked for. And now we had a check in our hand and it was like, well, I guess we're serious now. Right. And now what, what do we do? Very cool. You know, I, I love so many aspects of this because it's like the beginning, the seed gets planted and it starts to pop up through the soil and things start to happen and start to move. And I know we're going to talk a little later in our discussion about some of the details of your event, but this might be a good point because you were presenting this to somebody who was in the know, somebody in the automotive field. What are some of the unique aspects of this Concord? Because I know in our pre-show chat, you brought up some points that I went, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's a neat idea. That's unique. What can you share with us right now that will help those uh, listeners out there think, oh man, this is some place I've got to attend? Well, what we tried to do is we tried to take a look at a number of different concourse that were already going on. And we tried to look at some really very real issues. One of them is size. So if you take a look at Pebble Beach or Amelia, they're extremely successful. They're great shows. They've also gotten very big. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we've tried to do is take a little different approach in what we're doing with the show so we believe at one point, and, and we actually have a number, not sure how long it will take us, but we will cap our attendance in what we're doing. We also said there is a point at which things like the number of cars you put on a field that you physically just can't see them, even if you take only a couple of minutes with each. Right. You, you just can't get to them. Mm-hmm. So... We started looking at that. We started looking at how do we make sure everybody who comes to the event has a good time, whether that is a, a, what I would call a car professional versus a car novice. And most of us who've ever taken somebody with us have experienced that issue when you have a car novice and they don't want to spend the kind of time we do looking at cars and talking to the owners, things of that sort. We also wanted to make the event, one of our key goals was we wanted to try to, to, for people to say that they had never seen a first year event like we're doing. And we didn't do a soft start. We went for a full weekend, fully featured, and did a lot of things with it. So it has been, first thing we tried to do is what do we want to be? And then how do we go do that? Nice. Well, We're going to learn a little bit more about some of the details here, but let's step back again. I'd love for you to share your proudest career moment. Being an entrepreneur, I would assume you've had many with all the businesses you've started, things you've done for people, 
how you've helped people move along. But is there one in particular that stands out for you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I don't mean to keep going back to it, but to some extent, I'm kind of living it because I wasn't in the automotive industry when I started this. Mm. So I have taken really an approach that I would say came from high tech and doing high tech startups. And I brought it into what we have been doing here. So I'm kind of in the middle of living one of my, I would say, proudest moments. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, I believe when this event is over and you can take a breath, you're going to look at yourself and go, wow, I can't believe I pulled that off. And then you, your next question will be, are we going to do this again? Because <laughs> <So, laughs> we better get started right now. So, oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Spectacular. I like that. I like that. Proudest moment is in the current events category. Now, let's go back in time again. I'd love for you to share your first really special car, that first car that you got that really had some meaning to you. It doesn't have to be a special fancy car, but maybe it was. And maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. Oh, absolutely. I basically was went to high school in the uh, 60s. So it was the time of the muscle car. Mm -hmm. And I was a little different because my car that I drove in high school was a 1929 Model A, two-door. You drove a Model A in high school in the 60s? Yep. Wow. in the 60s. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it was, you know, I had the spares on each fender. I had the trunk in the back. It was black, cream pinstripe. And that was my car. And I drove that all the way into college. Wow. And it was fascinating to me, though. I would go to the places where all the muscle cars were, and I would drive in with that, I would get more attention than <laughs> any muscle car there. Yeah. But you asked about the event, and one of the things I will never forget is it was homecoming. I went to a large high school, and for the homecoming event, they wanted me to bring my car, and we kind of did the gangster thing. So we put two guys in double-breasted suits with you know plastic machine guns, on each running board and oh, we, oh, yeah. we around the track. And that, that was a kick. So, <laughs> what fun. What fun. So I started with old cars very early. Very cool story. Well, how about a car you've sold, that seller's remorse, the tear in the eye? Is there a car that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Oh, absolutely. And you had mentioned before that uh, I also have an affinity for Porsches and and the one I let go was my 914.6. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's a special one. <laughs> oh, I, I, and, you know, now they have gone up so high in cost. Yeah. And then mine was a pure 100% stock silver. And it was just fantastic car. And what happened is I got married, had a child, and there's no room for a child seat in that car. Ah, uh, no. No, gosh, how many of us that happened to? I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you, but yeah, 914.6 is cool. I bought a 914. It was a 2.0, a 73 2.0, right before my son was going to turn 16, thinking, oh, this would be a cool first car. My wife looked at me and went, where's the airbag? Ooh. And I went, I went, uh, and she went, uh, look how low that is. No one's going to see him driving around in that thing. No, that's not the way we're going for the 16-year-old's first son. I thought it was a great idea. Inexpensive little car. He could work on it, but uh, uh, I got vetoed on that one. So 
That's the way it goes sometimes. Any rate, onward and upward, 914.6. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have one of those. Those are cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the Atlanta Concorde d'Elegance, uh, debuting this fall in October 8th and 9th. I would love for you to share a little bit more with our listeners about this inaugural event, what makes it unique, what makes it different, anything that you can share at this point in time? I'd be happy to. There's a couple of things, and they almost they feed into the question you had before on what we're proud of. One of the things I'm very proud of is it's not atypical for concourse to have ride and drives. I think what's atypical is at ours, especially in the first year event, we have 12 manufacturers that all have uh, financial commitments to be at our show. So this isn't something that we just went out and recruited people for free. And the 14, or excuse me, the 12 different manufacturers who they are, they are Rolls-Royce, Bentley, Ferrari, Maserati, Tesla, Lamborghini, Aston Martin, McLaren, Porsche, Mercedes, BMW, and Pants. I mean, that list is like the list of who's who. I mean, it's just, it's incredible to me being a first-year event. And you've already got close to, I think, 40 paying sponsors as well, right? That is correct. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. So, so explain this ride and drive thing for people that are going to be attending. What does that mean for me coming to your event? What it means is we've done a couple of things. Uh, because of the group that we were able to get, they were all very concerned. They said, you know, we don't want to have people in a line and just anybody being able to drive these cars. So what we're doing is it would allow you, if you have a ticket to the event, you go and you can pre-register. In essence, you fill out a form. You identify up to three different brands that you would like to drive. And then each of the manufacturers or their representatives will contact you, and all of them are pre-scheduled. So all the ride and drives, you know exactly what time. We're doing them all day, both Saturday and Sunday. And by the way, that is an interesting traffic challenge. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> wow, very cool. Well, what else? I know Don Panos is going to be a, a special guest here. He's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. Tell me a little bit about his involvement. Well, his involvement, they are the uh, featured mark, as well as Don being the honoree. And for us, it was really pretty easy because Don has had so much involvement in the racing and automotive industry. You know, it was amazing to us that he had been honored in different parts of the world, but he had never been honored in his own home state. So for us, it was a very clear choice having him as an honoree. Bringing him as the mark has been very interesting because he's doing so many unique things with the Delta Wing, with the, the race team and how they've been doing and their car is so different from anything out there. And he will have a major presence. And in fact, it will be the first time that there will actually be a Panos class judged at the concourse on uh, Sunday. Wow. That is so cool. Well, I want to give our listeners a couple little facts here. And if I get these wrong, you just step in and tell me if I don't have this right. But you're expecting 180 to 200 entrants. Is that right? Correct. Cars. About 80% of these cars that will be at these events have already achieved award-winning status from other shows. So these are the creme de la creme of cars that you'll be able to see. 
As I mentioned, it's the, the Chateau Lawn, which is a beautiful setting on the fairways there. So beautiful grass lawns, rolling hills. Atlanta that time of year is going to be perfect weather. I know it because we're going to plan it that way. And you've got a, uh, I think a 600 person gala that's going to benefit the Alzheimer's. Uh, yes. Foundation. Okay, that's pretty cool. And a raffle for uh, I think it's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar panels vehicle. Is that right? Yes, and that that actually, by the way, is quite interesting because I had never been exposed to this. It is what's called a reverse raffle. In a normal raffle, first ticket wins. In a reverse raffle, the last ticket in the bowl wins. Ah, okay. So what they are doing is there are a thousand tickets available, $500 per ticket. All of this, all the proceeds for all of this all goes to Alzheimer's. We aren't taking a cent from it. Nice. And what is really cool about this is they will basically be drawing the tickets. Well, if you get down to where there's 10 people left, so now you have a one in 10 chance to win a quarter million dollar car. People in the audience are able to basically offer to buy your ticket. Ah, okay. So this turns into quite an entertaining thing because you can imagine with 600 people, with collectors, uh, we're expecting a number of political figures, uh, including the governor, who is a very good friend of Don's. So when you get down to two and four tickets left, now you've got – a 25 or 50% a shot on winning. So this ought to become very entertaining. Yeah, that's very interesting. Very cool. And I know you're going to have some uh, barn finds, some rare barn finds there that'll be very interesting. Um, there's going to be well-known collectors bringing multiple cars. I mean, the list here goes on and on. So I think what you guys have done in a relatively short time for an inaugural event is absolutely spectacular. Bravo. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, here's a very introspective question, Bill. If you were a car, what kind of car would Bill be and why? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That is hard. Now, see, automatically, I can't go to an old car. I've thought about this, and it's probably, I would say, the car that I currently drive. And I currently drive a Jaguar XS supercharged. And, And the reason that car is it's got very classic styling, uh, very elegant in the car and very nicely done. Mm -hmm. But when you want to go, especially the supercharged one, it is right there and it's there for you. Yeah. So I like to think I can be that nice calm part, but when the challenges are there, the power is there. And uh, so I actually think it's probably not bad. I may be doing myself, you know, a little too much favor with that car being in it. But <laughs> I, I think it's got some good analogies. I think you've done a very nice job of explaining the why part of that question. So I do appreciate it. It can be a rather a stumbling block for some people here on Cars, yeah, but I think you did a great job. So Bill, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars, yeah, sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chris.com. 
vkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Bill, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. Are you ready? Absolutely. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think you're going to like this. It it basically was, do not buy this car because you can't fit in it. <laughs> you know, I've I've known some people. I'm not a very tall guy, but I've I've got a lot of friends who are much taller than me. And the one thing I can always bring back is, you know what? You may be taller than me, but I can fit in any race car I want. That's right. Well, <laughs> I'm six four, about two fifty, two sixty, and it happened years ago because I wanted to buy a Cobra. This is in the sixties. Okay. Yeah, and I was I was looking at one at an auction, and yeah. the gentleman said, "Are you serious about this car? Who owned it?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "You won't fit. <laughs> you won't fit." Yeah, exactly. I I sold a Porsche, an '84 Vysok Edition 911 Cabriolet to an ex Eagle Charger. Wow! And when he came to pick the car up, I looked at him and I said, "Uh, you won't fit in this thing. It's got factory sports seats." And he goes, "Oh, I'll find a way." And as he drove away, we had to put the top down because his head was above the windshield. <laughs> I just kind of shook my head and looked at the check and went, well, okay, have fun. So there's a car I wish I had back. Would you share a personal habit of yours that you believe contributes to your success? Persistent. Mm. If you look at the P attributes, patience and persistence, I've somehow or other I seem to have gotten in line twice for persistence and somehow or other ignored patience. <laughs> but persistence absolutely you know it reminds me i have a, a nephew who's trying to make it in the music business uh max felker just a exceptional young man and uh, i just gave him uh, uh kudos the other day because he was working at one in the morning on his music and i said you know what you're going to make it if you're persistent like that persistence tenacity the signs of an entrepreneur so yep. most definitely now how about resources there are a ton of great resources out there but is there one in particular you really enjoy one of the things I found amazing, because my history was I was never part of the automotive whole industry and the, the automotive culture. I was always loved cars, but I was a high-tech guy, so I never lived it mm -hmm. every day. And, sure. and what has been fascinating to me is how giving of knowledge and time all of the people I have met in the automotive world are. And I have learned so much from them. And there's, it's, it's such an interesting group of people because if you have a question, no matter how abstract, and if you call one of them, especially the collectors, and if they don't know, they will connect you to somebody who either has that car, knows that answer. Yeah. It has been such a pleasure. 
Yeah, the industry is a, has a way, the car hobby, of bringing people together no matter what. I have this saying, if it rolls on rubber, I love it. And But when it comes to car people, pick up the phone, they'll answer the phone. That's what's great about this hobby that we're in. So I'm, I'm so glad you referenced that people as a great resource. Absolutely. Well, listen, you can find links to all these great resources, including a book Bill's going to email to me on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Bill Wallet. There's also another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where his book and all the past 572 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, Bill, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but it can be any car in the world, don't worry about the price because I'm going to buy you whatever car you'd like. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? For me, this is easy. Okay. <laughs> it is a 1935 Auburn 851 SC Boattail Speedster in black. Ah. Nice. Okay, well, what is it about the Boattail Speedster that just pulls on your heartstrings? Oh, I mean, that car is amazing, especially in black. And if you have the top up, and if you stand in front of the car and look back at the hood and stuff, it is absolutely almost sinister. <laughs> it just has a look to it. And to me, as, as I said earlier, since as a kid, to me, it is such a piece of art. It is yeah. just they're just beautiful, and yeah. they are so classic, and I just love the car in black. And, you know, the first time I saw one was a couple of years ago in that color, and I literally I stopped dead and just sat there staring at it. Mm. Yeah. So, yes, I'm, for me, that was an easy question. Nice. What a beautiful car. Fantastic. Well, Bill, you've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed listening to your stories, learning more about you, and of course, learning more about the Atlanta Concorde d'Elegance coming up this October 8th and 9th. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 1935 Auburn Boattail Speedster? Thank you. Yeah, I have one. It is uh, kind of an old saying, but oh. I think it applies so well, which is, if you are talking, you are not learning. Mm. <laughs> yes. I always chuckle at that because when I was young, I worked with a young lady that spoke a lot. And one time I said, hey, stop, stop. I I just need to tell you something. And she goes, well, I can listen and talk at the same time. <laughs> and I always laugh. I go, okay, what did I just say? And she went, I don't know. So uh I think that's an awesome saying. And you've shared an awful lot. You've taught us an awful lot today. I love that saying. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about this upcoming event, the Atlanta Concours d'Elegance? The easiest way is uh, go to our website, which is Atlanta Concours, which is C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S, no E, dot org. And that's where you will find us. I'll remind our listeners, check this website out. I, I'm, I come up from a graphics design background. Whoever's done your website's done a spectacular job. It's really a joy to visit. It's, it's very easy to navigate, get around, beautiful pictures, uh, a little touch of what's to come. I'm going to make every effort to attend this event this fall because it just looks like it's going to be so spectacular. A lot of past Cars yeah alumni guests are going to be there, which will be fun for me. So again, listeners, you can find links to everything Bill's been so kind to share on his show notes page 
carsyeah.com. Just type Bill or Bill Wallet, W-A-L-L-E-T, into that search bar, and that page will pop up with all those links. Bill, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences and this new Concord Elegance with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you at the Atlanta Concord d'Elegance. And thank you very much for having me on the show. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.